Hello and welcome to the Black Women Working Podcast. This is the first episode of Mini. It's something that we're really excited about. We've been working on it for almost a year and we're really pleased that we are now able to share with you some of the content and things that we've been working on. So without further ado, we're going to introduce ourselves. We are the Black Women Working Committee. My name is Tolu, aka Tolls. My name is Rachel. Just Rachel. <laughs> I'm Chantel. And I'm Natalie. Excellent. So, how is everyone doing today? My head's burning from my pan. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to get that out there. It's well, really hurting. <laughs> yeah, but you know, yes. it actually really hurts. I don't everyone know why I'm on this creamy crack, but it's what it is. <laughs> oh wow! Wow! You know, Honestly. you actually you actually snatched my edges. Wow! Wow! I don't know if I want to continue. She snatched the edges that the perm hasn't already. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like the little edges that I have gone. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, anyway. Yes. Important things first. Um, BWW Podcast UK. That's BWW Podcast UK on Twitter and on Instagram. Yes. Okay, so today we're here to discuss microaggressions and as always we have to hear from our town hall ladies about what they had to say and as this is the first podcast, just to provide some context, before starting this podcast we spoke to over 60 black women over a period of about two to three months about their experiences on various issues that they've had in the workplace and things that they faced and microaggressions was one of those topics. So this is what they had to say about that. My friend had worked at um, a designer brand and she got used to get like heavy, like 70% discounts. So as a present, she had got me like a really nice designer bag. I wasn't really into that type of stuff. Now I've got money, I am, but before I was broke, so I wasn't into that stuff. And I didn't really appreciate how expensive the bag was. You said you got me a present, I'm like, okay, cool. So obviously I'm bringing this bag to work now and then she was just, like, used to make comments like, oh, how did you afford that bag? Oh, that's not going to be the Then best. like, um... No, don't try it, please. Yeah, so, so I was like, like a fool, I should have been like, I really should have been like, yeah, I paid for it. But I was like, oh yeah, my friend got me this, this. You know, it was just a present. I sh- but I didn't, I didn't get it at that yeah. time. I was too entry level. And then it was kind of like, how do you afford that watch? Where'd you get that watch from? And again, the watch was a gift from an ex-boyfriend at the time. So I was like, oh, my ex-boyfriend got it for me. And I was just kind of like... Why is she questioning where you're getting your items from? It's not her business. But the thing is as well, no. she she knows what my she knows what what my salary is. But then the so? thing is no, but but the thing is, what point I'm trying to make is that it's my money to spend on whatever I want to spend. It's not like you know I don't have any money or I'm a 16 year old like with a like massive like Gucci belt like, and it's just like everything everything. All, all the questions were just always... Yes, yeah, because you don't deserve them. That's but it's what the she was kind thinking. of micro- she didn't feel like you microaggressions it. that um, expose people's preconceptions of what yeah. black people are supposed to be. Because mm. I've definitely worked in environments where it's a, we're all close and buddies and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. But then, like, I've, I've had my boss say... So there was my, it was a very small company and there was myself and one other black woman. So that was quite unusual in itself. There were maybe 10 of us in total. And he'd say, oh, you and this other lady 
you're quite unusual, aren't you? Huh? And it's like, what are you talking... In, in what way... I definitely recall saying, in what way are we unusual? Yeah. Because what he was trying to imply was that we're unusual in the sense that we are professional women. Mm. He viewed us as maybe middle class. The other woman was, like, fairly bougie, to be fair. So <laughs> <laughs> he had this clear preconception of what black women are supposed to be. And so we were, in his mind, unusual. Yeah, I would, I would totally agree with that. I mean, I think if you, if, especially if you work in the corporate world, and, and I'm, I'm sure <laughs> you will understand this when I say that, you know, the, the people who sort of gravitate towards you and the first thing is like, what are you doing here and how did you get here? Um, I came by two. <laughs> well, actually, I came by cab. How did you get here? You know, I know what they're saying, but I'm refusing to engage in those kind of conversations. Yeah. So when somebody says, oh, you know, I think you're unusual, I know exactly what they're saying, but yeah. I'm refusing to engage. Mm. Oh, it's really unusual to see someone like you here, too. Mm. <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's, I mean, I've been trying to, to, to coach. So questions and how you frame a question are really important. And sometimes you get that, that, that kind of reaction, and some people realise that and they correct themselves. So, you know, again, I think, it, you know, there are a lot of microaggressions I've had over my clothing, over, um, you know, oh, you laugh a lot. Your laugh is really loud. Or, wow. um, yeah, you know, those, 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 those yeah. sorts of things are very personal to you. Yeah. Um, and it's like, that's not fair. So I'm, am I going to pick on you with something like that? And you do think, oh, you know, is my, is my clothing okay? Or is my, um, you know, my hair okay? Is my laugh too loud? Um, or maybe I don't have the same accent as you? Or something. Oh, where did you go to school? Mm. Or that. Th th those are those kind of microaggressions that I've experienced. But now I find I just deflect them. I deflect them, and again, it's about the, having that buffer zone around you, about what people feel they can say to you and what you're going to say back, and, and whether they're going to trigger you. Because I find that some uh, people say certain things because they want to see that reaction. Yeah. They think you're a strong, aggressive black yeah. woman, and they're, gonna, they're just going to put the touch paper in, and they, they're going to watch you go, and then that... that um, confirms everything they ever believed yeah. about you and that's and, and so yes it means that you can't be authentic at work but what it does mean is that sometimes you have to challenge that for yourself you have to take that breath and decide to react in a different way otherwise those other people who you've gotten okay with suddenly they're having the same issues with you you know it's so sad to think that we have to really think about our behavior yeah. so much like to the T in order to surprise people or behave a certain way because other people don't have this issue, you know, but it's like you're constantly have that kind of at the back of mind, you know, on top of the work that you have, you have to think, mm, am I behaving the correct way? Am I answering this question the right way? Am I, you know, not being too emotional and all these different things? Like it's really difficult to kind of find the balance, I suppose, sometimes. And sometimes there's actually so much pressure kind of that you put on top of yourself in terms of thinking about how to behave and how to um, re react and respond to other people. But, I think um, it's about... It's completely... Yeah, what you're saying is completely right. Yeah, we do have to be controlled, in, I suppose, to a certain extent. Do you know what it is? I feel like there's just a, a, a fear to be like, that's racist, or mm. like, that's an issue. Because I remember um, I would talk to, like, my friend who was a black man, who was, and it worked, I'd worked with him in an investment bank, and he was like, whatever you do, like, he used to write these silly, long, dramatic emails, but I was like, whatever you do, do not say that this is racism. This could be so many more things. So like you have that instilled in you, like quite genius, that you can't call out racism because one, it's in your head or you're mad. So first of all, like you're kind of like, oh, it, it can't be 
like you never you're in denial you're in denial to like Mm. it's been six months i know exactly where this woman is going like but i really had i had been switched on i might have been like why are you asking me about Um, my bag why are you asking me about mm. my watch like why why are you so in my business in a in a negative i think it's because it's been installed in us that don't put out the race card like people hate that that word racist so it's like Mm -hmm. Before, when you question people and people's actions, you never say, oh, they're being racist towards me. You start thinking, hmm, what is the other reason? Is it because, you know, I'm a woman? Is it because I'm young? Is it because all these other things before you kind of come down to the actual race issue? When there was, like, this big issue with Piers Morgan and drill music and that, that <sighs> stuff going on on the TV. And I remember the conversation, I wasn't working where I'm working now, but I'm, anyway, I remember the conversation was, oh, um, Bella, what do you, well, they didn't call me Bella, they called me my government. I was like, oh, Bella, what do you, what do you think about it? First of all, Sally, Sally, I don't listen to drill music, so I don't fucking know. End of story. Second of all, Sally, I don't know what drill, drill music is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they really, they go in and make this assumption that yeah. we have like a prior Playbook. experience or prior yeah. knowledge. And with one thing I've noticed, it's, it becomes very draining. Yeah. Like emotionally draining, sometimes you just let things go. Because when my pre, the role where I had my little breakdown, for those of you who previously listened, like, they, the microaggression in that place, I feel like women like audit a big four, like big companies, microaggression is like the aircon in those buildings. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. From the moment you Can walk you in, that <laughs> microaggression is the aircon in those buildings. And you know the aircon be on. The aircon be on all day long. And it's like, it's draining. I'm cold as it is because you guys don't know what warm air is. And second of all, you ask me dumb questions about, when I bring my lunch in, mm, oh, mm. something smells a bit spicy, something smells it's spicy. Ketchup for them is spicy, though. And it's like, do you know what? I just want to eat my lunch in peace. So therefore, yeah. I now need to reconsider what I pre prep. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on to, oh, what type of church do you go to? And I remember the day someone asked me, do you go to those American styled black churches yep. where they clap their hands like this? Okay. So, <laughs> and so I'm literally clapping my hair, my hand above my head, and they had this vision that we wear drapes, and I was like, "Where have you seen that?" I go, like I was born in a Catholic church, <laughs> so eventually, I, 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 for me, I know this really, I let the let things go because I actually got that tired from it, and I feel like a lot of people start to let things go, but yeah. I think like you guys, ladies, have said. It's about the way and the approach we take. You spell my name wrong, I'm gonna spell your name wrong. You touch my hair, I'm gonna get some gloves and touch your hair. <laughs> like, it's the approach that we go about it, but it's so draining. My issue is that mine is never something, actually, that's a lie. I've had three of my colleagues at the same time reach in, into, so it's within. Within <laughs> the strands, I, I went. Without, no, no, no. Yeah, like, down. and I, I was very skilled in the version, <laughs> so I went down. So but that's that's <laughs> mine. Is that? I mean, I, I get it. I'm clearly a zoo animal. I'm something <laughs> on display. But it's never that with me. It's always, oh, it's funky. Oh, that's different. Oh, really? Unusual. That's cool. Oh, I think Spicy. I saw Beyonce <laughs> with that one. Oh, no, I was like, just with your narrow idea oh. of the three black people that you've seen That's on right. TV. Uh-huh. So it's like, okay, I get it. I'm different to you. Thank you for, again, making me feel different to you because I didn't get it for the other 30 years of my life. But, you know, I'm really grateful you shared with me again <laughs> that I'm different yeah. and that you're going to probably say something stupid again next week. I'm, I'm really pleased about that, Susan, you know, it's just, it's fantastic, it's great, yeah. Very quickly, 
For me, a microaggression is just that stupid comment. Done. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to talk. A very, very stupid comment that yeah. I came up against a few years ago was a very personal one as well. <sighs> Why do you get personal in a, pub, in a professional setting? I don't understand. It white was about, it was from a white woman, knowing that I was seeing a, a white guy at the time, mm. asking me, oh, so Jackie, so if you and your, your boyfriend had a kid, what would the kid come out as? Oh. Are, you stu- <laughs> are you stupid? I'm going to have a puppy So taking a step back, we wanted to speak about microaggressions because I feel that as black women, if someone says microaggressions to you in the workplace, I feel that we can all relate to that immediately. That's an experience that every single person has and we can pull up at least one example of how we've been impacted that in that by that in the workplace even if say we've just come out of uni and we've just started a job it's something that we're all familiar with so I feel like it was a really good topic for us to kind of launch this podcast on because there are so many examples and maybe there's someone that's just starting in the working world and is not really confident in how to address these issues or know how to articulate what these things look like and they're thinking oh is someone picking on me individually or is this part of a systematic institutional problem we're here to confirm it's a systematic institutional problem Mm -hmm. and we'll we'll be discussing some of the examples that were given in the town hall by the ladies that were involved and we're going to expand upon some of those um i think one of the key things for me that um people brought up in the town hall and natalie i think actually you did as well Mm. was um how sometimes people will say things to trigger you or to draw you out or react in a certain way and just how I think the older you get, the better, perhaps, you become at um, just navigating that and handling it as best you can. But I feel like it's good to discuss it because some people might not know what exactly that looks yeah. like and how to handle that. So I guess give an example of um, yeah, how that's impacted you. Yeah, I feel like um, with microaggressions, sometimes you don't... Until someone says the word microaggressions to you and explains to you what it is, if someone's coming at you, you wouldn't necessarily know that's how to Definitely, describe it. Yeah. And like I feel like the example that I've always used is like, you know, having a boss who questioned like why I could afford such expensive things and me just like answering the questions kind of like, oh, like very matter-of-factly not realising that, you know, you are actually trying to get a response out of me, you are actually trying to get a rise. And it just gets to a point where I think you you do have to pick your battles. And I remember hearing of one example where people were talking about, this is not my workplace, but someone's telling me about it. In her office, she's a black woman. A whole group of them are talking about whether the word beef can be considered slang. And then basically the next day, one of her bosses was going to see like some play and it was like a Shakespeare play that was all in slang. And he went up to her and said like, can you please like give me a lesson in slang? And she didn't really know like how to approach that because she felt like because we had the conversation before, was he trying to 
you know, get under my skin? Was he being offensive or was it just innocent? Mm. And so, like, sometimes there's always that stage one of, like, what actually is this? Because it's difficult because we can't always live our lives every day being triggered, but in the same breath, mm-hmm. like, why do we even have to think about picking our battles? Mm-hmm. If people are coming for us, why are we the ones that have to be, like, the well-behaved people? Why are we the ones that have to be measured? Because it's actually draining that every time you're literally just trying to exist and someone is asking you, like... Just trying to do your job. Yeah, mm. and, like, someone's, like, you know, getting onto you for just basic things or asking you questions is really... Inappropriate. Yeah, and nothing to do with them. And it's just kind of, like, when... Where is that fine line between mm. actually saying something and actually just being, like... Will Chile, like, this is just how work is. Like, that's something that even after working for nearly 10 years, I honestly still can't, I still can't, I still can't figure it out. I just can't. I think with microaggressions, it's really difficult because it is very subtle and sometimes it can be advertent or inadvertent. I genuinely yeah. do believe that sometimes people say things to you in a workplace and they don't know that it just sounds stupid. To be honest with you, they're asking you questions based on their limited experience of interacting with people who are ethnic minorities or black people in general and so they think that it's cool like to ask these things or that is totally fine and I think as individuals we kind of have to take a little bit of responsibility in terms of how we um, interpret the way people are speaking to us Mm. because sometimes it's very obvious that someone is a prick and they're just (laughs) moving very mad. mad but sometimes people are genuinely ignorant. Now, it's not necessarily your job to sit there and school them that day or any day. You don't have to do that. But there might be occasions when... There might be occasions sometimes where it might be profitable to sit someone down and say, okay, I know you asked this. Um, I can tell that you didn't mean it in an off-key way, but this is how it sounds to me. And this is how it can be slightly irritating. But... um, like you said, you, you just have to pick your battles. If a lot of people are doing that to you every day, is it everyone that you're going to fight? Impossible, can't. You can't. Because where do you know, expect man, to try. get in the workplace? Do you understand what this I'm is, saying? This is the thing. Sorry. Yeah. But there's, it's almost like there's levels to it. So when I think about Natalie's example right through, I think there's like an intersection between how much res- how much they respect you. Mm. So when someone doesn't respect you, that's when they come in with the, what's beef? Or, oh, Out in those streets, you know those streets? No, I don't know those streets. streets. I live in a house. When they don't respect you. (laughs) When you correct them, right? And then it's like, oh, she's the one who's got the chip on her shoulder or they Mm, start to get standoffish. Yeah, this is the thing, yeah. When they realise, not today, no, not me, I'm not the one, then the microaggressions go into a next stage Mm. where they start to then attack. So that's the social level. Mm -hmm. Then they start to attack you on the professional level. Mm -hmm. And that's when the microaggressions are like starting to unpick your work. Right. Right. So it's like, it's like there's levels to it and the levels go up based on how much they respect you. So when they know they have to respect you, then they'll start trying to undermine you professionally. And that's when we start. That's when you're like, I- I'm gonna get to a breaking point. It's like you will not be allowed to live in this workplace. Mm. I think sometimes in terms of like addressing it as well, like it depends what type of colleague it is. If it's a yeah. manager, yeah. that's one thing. If it's like a colleague that's on the same level or somebody that might supervise you, I think that's when a confidence comes into how you're gonna address yeah. them. Yeah, if 100. it's a manager, it's like how do I address this person without like nearly getting a sack because you don't right. know if they're going to take it what kind of way but if it's a colleague and you work with them on the same level it might be easier to take them to the side and have a word with them mm. so it's that finding that confidence that balance to actually approach someone especially if they're a senior 
And this kind of pulls back to what um, Selena said in the town hall. And she, obviously, she's a much more a someone that's quite senior to us yeah. and been in the working environment longer. And I just really loved her attitude, which was mm. just like, no, I don't have to tolerate that nonsense. And even kind <laughs> of sometimes rebuffing the question back with a similarly stupid question, and just just so that someone understands how ridiculous they the question sound, that yeah. was posed to her was by receiving it back. And I totally believe in that approach. However, I have been in a working environment for a lot longer than some people mm. who are maybe just coming out of uni going into the working environment. It comes, again, down to, as you guys have said, um, experience, maturity, and having the confidence as well. And also what you're willing to risk. Because sometimes yeah. standing up um, for yourself and speaking out could potentially ruin your career yeah. and blackball you. And so yeah, these are things that you need to consider as well. And it's just such an exhausting kind of tightrope to dance along. Like, mm, should I say this now? But what will the impact yeah, be? And, and this is, and, and this is, is in addition. Yeah. Between me and that person yeah. going forward. And this is in addition to coming to work and doing your job. Exactly. Which is yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing that jars me because it's like, by the time you've had to deal with the mental capacity of these issues on a regular basis, you're like using up the, your brain capacity, your emotions, anxiety, whatever it is. That's energy that you need to put into your work. And mm -hmm. so that's why I do believe like it goes hand in hand. If someone's telling me they're having a lot of microaggressions and then the quality of their work is declining, of course, because you can see the reason. You, you, mm -hmm. you're effectively being bullied or everything that you believe about your, yourself in that workplace and where you stand is being brought into question because you can't, you're getting to a point where a conversation that appears to be just purely face value, you know that there's an ulterior motive. And mm. it's like, it's exhausting always trying to think, trying to unpack the stupid things that people are saying to you and be like, mm -hmm. is that person just ignorant or did that, did that person know what they were doing or what does that matter in a situation? And like, you know, what do I have to sacrifice? And it's just like, even thinking about it now, I'm getting a headache. Yep. And then on top of that, in addition to that, so, okay, say you get to the stage where, actually, no, I don't want to tolerate this, I want to confront someone. You then have to think about how am I going to do this in order so that the stereotypes and tropes aren't thrown back at me. It's just threatening, exactly. aggressive, just I, I felt frightened and I felt like I was being challenged. Weep, 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 I felt intimidated, intimidated. Yeah, exactly, that word. And so it's thinking about how you put your grievance across in a way that um, it, it blows back against you less and to a certain extent there's only so much that you can do um to prevent that coming back on you in a really negative fashion mm. i am of the opinion now that i just don't care and i'm gonna do it and if people feel uncomfortable well whatever like you're making yeah, me feel like, uncomfortable a lot of the micro like a lot of microaggressions are, are not really to do with your work it's like your hair mm -hmm. your food yeah. your existence these are questions that are not relevant to my performance so why right. are you even fixing your lips to ask me <laughs> basic things about what I'm doing like, like yeah. it, it literally blows my mind that you're coming to really get under the, under my skin and in my business it's like you can't just allow me to exist in peace mm. and nine times out of ten when we're at work obviously whether we like our jobs or we don't we would rather be somewhere else yeah so I don't need that you know on top of that I've got my general life you know whatever's going on like with my friendship group my family and then to come to work and then have an, an extra social layer, maybe a social layer that I don't actually need or want anyway. Yeah. And now you're trying to get in my business. Like, it just makes, to me, it's just illogical and inefficient. Like, if I if I felt that if you're my good friend and I want to talk to you about things, that's one thing, but you don't need to be in my business. I will tell you what you need to know. And what you need to know is more or less nothing anyway. Do you see what I mean? <laughs> yeah. There is um something that someone, it was Sarita, I think, brought up in the town halls. And um it was a, just a sentence. And I thought it was so apt. It was just 
kind of about it kind of coined micro one set of microaggressions and it's the microaggressions that expose preconceptions of what black yeah. people are supposed mm. to be i think those are one of the biggest preconceptions a lot of people mention things hearing things or having things said to them like oh you're not a typical black person or you're a bit unusual where the implication is oh you don't fit my preconceived stereotype of black people and i and i feel like that's a common one that a lot of people encounter and it's well, you sound like, white the, like yeah. yeah yeah exactly like where do you get off saying something like that and what do you in your limited knowledge and your limited exposure to black people know about how all black people sound behave or what they like or listening to or eat or anything like that and I that was something it's really difficult now because obviously as businesses are now like trying to diversify the workforce a lot of different people from different ethnic minorities are coming into the workplace and they've never actually worked with these people before mm-hmm. so they're looking at them like oh she does this or he does that or whatever happens and it's like they're just looking and staring at you wanting to ask all these questions wanting to get in your business wanting to do all these things and it's like leave me alone I just want to pay my bills yeah yeah it's interesting because i can't really say for the majority of my experience that i've experienced or maybe i'm just ignorant to it or maybe i just don't care i can't really say that i've experienced a massive amount of microaggressions in the workplace at least not in my current role i find people are quite respectful they might not have a clue like they literally don't have a cute clue there's so many things i've scored them on so many things in terms of hair and stuff but they're super respectful with it and i can actually joke with them like you know when you can kind of like joke about microaggressions with someone because with people because it's actually a joke like they'll be like oh what hairstyle are you coming in today i'll be like well i don't know you know like yeah, a bit catch of me next week do you yeah. know what i mean but because you respect from early so yes. you know it's not a disrespecting yeah exactly with, but there's also a level of confidence and security right mm. yeah. so if you're confident and you feel secure in who you are and you know that you haven't um this seat at the table is yours yeah, yeah because it's yours mm-hmm. then you won't worry about um, whether someone's questioning you or shoving you out or do they like you or is this going to make you feel comfortable because you know what you're here to do which mm-hmm. unfortunately isn't the truth for a lot of black yeah, women in the workplace true, yeah. if you're already you know that whole imposter syndrome which you have to deal with mm. as a black woman mm-hmm. and you know for the young ones coming in as graduates or if you've you know career shifted or promoted your way up if you already feel like I don't know if I'm supposed to be here although you are then anything will shake you very quickly. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, probably that's to do with your confidence and security. I think I'm dealing with exactly what you just mentioned because mm. I feel like, even though I graduated, what, three years ago, I still feel like going into the workplace, I'm not meant to be there. Mm. Yeah. And what annoys me is that people look at me and think I'm way younger than I am. Mm. So then they, on top of that, they'll say certain things like, oh, how old are you? Oh, like, little things. And it's like... You're old I'm enough. Ready, I'm, yeah. This is the comment that I want to yes. make. Yes. But... <laughs> But <laughs> this is the comment right. I want to make, but it's like, I'm new coming in, mm. and they've been there a lot longer than me, and I want them to sh- like, respect me, but it's like, mm. how, like, there's what people say more time, I'm just like, yeah. um, I'm 25, do you want to see my ID? And, and they'll be like, oh, she didn't like that comment. Like, one woman said it to me, and like, I was vexed with her, because she was black as well, so it's like, don't ask me questions, like, and I was just like, how old are you, auntie? Oh, can you? <laughs> it's true. No, I can't even fix my mouth to say that, man. Your respect is too great. That's a lot of the, that, That's what I found. Like, a lot of the times, like the responses to microaggressions, 
it's like in order to give that like quick response, that's what I'm saying. Like you need to be like mine would be rude. Like, it would be straight. But mine, I don't even think I am that quick. I am that quick critic because mm. I remember I had a um, a manager, the same evil manager that was mentioned in the town halls. That she's too fast. I said like, oh, um, how many children do you want? I said four boys. I don't want four boys anymore. <laughs> I said, I want four boys. She's like, yeah, I bet they'd all have different dads, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, No, I'm not joking. But when I was sitting there, I was literally like, I was, because you you came for me like... Like, yeah, you tried to destroy me. Like, like a lightning bolt. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I'm there, like, you know, like, following a lightning bolt, like, burn up. The like, rage. everyone's yeah. sizzling. It's a shock to And I am shocked. And mm. so, like, sometimes, like, it's, it's hard to even know, yeah. like, what to say in that moment. And I was just like, oh, why would you say that? Like, I was literally, like... I, I, I'd probably have the same reaction like, because but, I'd be vexed, but I'd be thinking, how am I going to... Just, and I just remember thinking, and then the whole room went quiet as well because we were like in a group setting. So it wasn't hey. like it was just me and her. She's trying That's to disrespect in front of everyone. Honestly. No, exactly. <laughs> so, then, so then now, even years later, I can be like, oh, I wish I would have said this. Yeah. And she's, mm-hmm. By the time I was literally like, you know, you're blindsided. What is this life? Yeah. And a lot of the a lot of the microaggressions happen that way. It's not like you know. Sometimes you get to a point you might listen to like your like DMX before, and you get to work and you're like yeah, anyone can get it. Anyone can get it. Like anyone can get it today. And then those days, no one will say nothing to you. Yeah. But the one day you're just living your like happy you know. life, someone just comes and sideswipes you, yeah. and you're just like. But the thing is, right, and I know at some point we'll talk about being our authentic selves, but this is why I don't care for filter. Because once you put them in their place, and without even thinking about, oh, this is going to be rude, you just say what you have to say. Everybody hears it and it shuts it down. Yeah, that is true. For example, when I was training, um, I trained for a a well-established teacher's training course, and we had this, like, apprenticeship-type programme to do, and it was based on the Olympic. Um, stadium in Stratford I was like yeah my end that's where I'm from and again it was one of those statements where the guy goes oh what in those streets that you were I was like I was raised in a house I think I, I actually Vim. made new white friends yeah who weren't about that life because they were like Chantel you really just shut him down like mm. they were so impressed mm. with the shutdown of course they're like they're about real life they're mm-hmm. not trying to tell me I was from these streets but I've made real friends because they were like yeah the way you just shut that down mm. I wouldn't have been so quick you know I, I don't that was so. this is the I thing my brain is not time. fast that I would need to like perfect, I would need to like <laughs> do I need to have like a table like if you get a comment in yes. history <laughs> this is a spreadsheet that's an idea you know someone needs to come up with a guide of the things that you can retort to when people do it we've delivered some diversity training for teachers and legit, we've lifted out a, a list of things mm. that teachers say in the staff room, Mm-mm. amongst teachers, that teachers say to parents. Mm. And um, unfortunately, it's come under the diversity training umbrella where we're like, when met with this, this is a response. Mm. And that's necessary sometimes too. Mm. Yeah. No, I, you lot are too quick-witted for me. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, not, st- I'm still back if in 2007, 2000 and. 
14 when that woman said it to me. Still right. can't even think about what I feel like I'd just be rude. It's not even wit. I'd just probably be very rude because I feel like that's that could be my automatic response. Well, or I'd, or I would yeah. ask, I feel like your response was actually the correct response, but I guess it's the tone in which you do it in. Because I did like I would wimp. be like, why would you say that and let there be silence so that everybody in that place feels uncomfortable when that person is squirming? And I'd make sure that they, un- they understand it's not a rhetorical question. Yeah, I require question. you to explain in detail detail why you have made that statement yes. and address me yes, as such yes, yes. 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 So, but we you got to do with a bit of innocence you got to be there after the why time calling say someone that? saying like, you imagine <laughs> what she's going to imagine <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be getting vexed I'll be getting vexed <laughs> No, then but ones it, where you can't say it to their face but next your whatsapp in your group <laughs> is like long you know when you get those whatsapps yeah, in the yeah. group they're long <laughs> basically guys <laughs> you just see 60 messages <laughs> oh, the anger. I can't believe what just happened to no, me but it's true like I suppose I suppose that does come that comes with experience but I think yeah. as well like it comes with experience and it, it comes with confidence as well and mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes you're only going to get better at dealing with things when you've actually experienced them yeah go through the fire but I, I do think it's sad to know that people do have to experience it to be able to, like, why does it even have to happen? Well, you know, this is what this podcast is about. It's about exposing, like, some of the things that people go through. So people, as much as possible, don't have to. Because, obviously, there's an element of, yes, this is what we experience, but then after that, what comes after that? What comes after that is solutions. And we've already started speaking about some of them. So I guess let's think about what ways in which we can help anyone listening, like, deal with those situations. What are kind of... The, your most effective res- what have your most effective responses been to the microaggressions that you face and I remember Chantel you were talking yeah. about when your colleague or I don't know if it was your manager wrote something to you and they said I find it absurd, absurd yeah. and you flipped the script and you said it back oh I find it absurd and that so, killed it yeah, yeah if you can just dying. expand on that a little bit <laughs> I was, yeah. oh, she, she questioned my numbers <laughs> as they do um, and she said, oh, I find it quite bizarre. That was her word. Oh, bizarre. okay. Um, so I literally, I, I did an email train. I went back to the the higher powers that be. It's above me now. Yeah! <laughs> I let them answer the question. And then I was like, you know, I find it bizarre that you would even ask. And again, like we said, it, it's like, it's pattern. Yeah. Called me in for line management. I was really disappointed with the tone that you took. You know, I was like, I was really disappointed with the tone that you took. Literally, I'm just going to repeat mm. exactly I like that. what you said. You have to, to be me. a parrot, basically. I'm basically. And they have no answer. They have no answer. So when mm-hmm. you lot are saying, oh, I'm, I'm being rude back, I'm not being rude back. I'm doing exactly mm-hmm. what you do to mm-hmm. me. You find it bizarre. I find it bizarre. Mm. You're disappointed. I'm disappointed. Yes. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> intimidated. I'm intimidated. Yes. I'm opening the door. Somebody come, come, come. Yes. Like, yeah. Repeat back. Exactly. Repeat back. I think for me, um, how do I deal with things? I don't know, because I can't really say that I um, encounter things a lot. But if there's one thing I know how to do is write an email. (laughs) So if you want to move a bit mad, what I'm going to do is I may not necessarily address it right there Mm -hmm. and then. But what I will do is I'll bring my English degree and I will write out. <laughs> and the thing is, when you write emails, like I was saying this earlier today, leave the emotion out of it. State facts. When you're when that. you're angry about something, you don't say, "Oh, I'm angry." You no. say, "I find it egregious that um, mm-hmm. I." that this situation could have happened if you're fuming about something someone's done like I, I, I'm 
No, you wouldn't even. You, you can't even use certain words. You can't even use "I'm upset," yeah. "I'm distressed," or something. You would say things like, "I I find it um, deeply unprofessional." Yeah. Unprofessional. Oy. You know you that, that company's value. Yes, of, exactly. Yeah. That there is an implication that I have done X, Y, Z. You you just need to learn to use. The, lang- the correct language and again that's something that comes with experience or maybe listening to people that have yeah. been through those things before yeah. but you need to know how to do it you can't sit there and write out a very impassioned email and say oh I feel like you no. did this to me well, forget your feelings tuck your feelings out of it forget your thoughts state everything as fact and bring the receipts so that when someone reads it it just literally reads as an epistle of statements that this is what happened and this is why I do not like what happened and this is what needs to happen as a result of what you've done the last bite is really important in terms of what needs to happen yeah because sometimes you want to engage in a conversation and you do no, I think a mistake I've made in the past is wanting to engage in a conversation without knowing where I want it to go. Yeah. And you really have to think, well, if I'm going to confront this person, whether it's in email, professionally, or conversation over the over the tea, what do I expect to gain? Yeah. And sometimes yeah. there is an end point, like, I just want them to know, fine. Sometimes, actually, deep down in your heart, you want an apology. Yes. yes. Or sometimes you might actually want further action, as in real action. But I think what I learned the most in terms of that, like when you approach something, whether it's email or conversation, is that people are not you. Mm. And I've had to learn that you have to respect that what I essentially think I want, which is always rifling me at the end. Like, why can't she see it's wrong? Mm. Why can't she say sorry? Why can't she reflect back? They're not necessarily going to act in the same way that you would in that situation yeah. and you have to come to terms with that but that's true the last part is really important like what do I need to happen and you have to foresee am I going to get what I need the way that I'm approaching yeah. it otherwise you're potentially stirring yourself up somewhere yeah, yeah and if someone's like accusing you of something you get them to state explicitly what it is so that you can directly address it it's not acceptable for them to just make some kind of blase statement like oh like um oh you were intimidate intimidating how break it down to me in which way I was intimidating, which yeah. part of what I said yeah. you found intimidating, because then you can challenge it back directly. If they do that, exactly. Suttering. At the end of the day, more you times they won't be able that. to. They just wanted to say that because they, they know they yeah. can use those words against, against you and person. automatically mm-hmm. puts a perception in other people's eyes like, oh, she the stereotype. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally, it just comes down to that. And so I think... In terms of solutions, I think it's learning the language. That's what I would say. Yeah, Before you agreed. Yeah, 100%. get into the workplace, if you're coming out of uni, you're going to the workplace, or maybe you're in it already, learn the language. Yeah. Learn the language of what's used about you. Learn how other people resolve conflicts around you and who can get away with what and what exactly are they saying. Because yeah. some of the ways in which I respond to things is because I've seen other people get yeah, away with vigilant. it. Always, yeah, 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 always. exactly. Some people, you can't tell them anything because before you know it, they'll be talking to their um, representative and... <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Union, do you know what I mean? So you just kind of have to, yeah, learning the language you know, is an important part. That's really interesting because I remember at um, my first workplace there was an issue, um, an associate who was much more senior to me was having like an issue with her manager and then there was one secretary, she was like the HR whisperer. So, <laughs> so like if you had like a bad appraisal or something, you'd go to her and they t- tried to turn around and say to this associate that she was aggressive and then she basically said, okay, 
go into the dictionary, take out the definition of aggressive and the synonyms, and then write a letter saying you cannot understand how your behaviour was definition of aggressive. Mm. And like and remind them that aggressive is used to to just like describe people who are murderers, this, mm. wild animals, things like that. How can my behaviour possibly be akin to that? Mm. And like when you take the time to actually like not just to get offended but to think actually what you said was out of order and I'm going to actually show you in your language mm. that what you said wasn't acceptable like you get a lot further but it's it's a lot it's a lot to figure out at the time and it, sometimes maybe you're you can't give a response like a quick quip yep you need to sit down and think about it and write like an amazing email or yeah. you need to take further action but I think also as well you need to realize like sometimes it can be a catalogue of things. So it doesn't have to be a situation where some you have to wait till someone says something absolutely ridiculous, like I'm gonna have four fathers of my children. Right. It could just it could have been at the point where she first started asking me about my bag and then she asked me about my watch and then she was making other areas and other things in my life difficult, you know. And that's why I always say to people like try to have like a mental, if not physical, note about some of the things that are happening because it doesn't have to be one massive offensive thing. If you're yeah. if you can demonstrate that the environment that you're in is just ridiculous you're hoping that you can say like look all these things that are being said are making me feel this way like how when you come with on this date you said, said this, this yeah and on this date you said they will be stuttering exactly and then it's like then they can't if you just do a one-off they can like dismiss it like oh you're being offensive but if you're like yeah. no there was monday there was wednesday mm-hmm. there was last week mm-hmm. friday there mm-hmm. was the tuesday before that then you can demonstrate like they have a problem and they need to to sort it out yeah yeah exactly i think for me i feel like i'm still getting to know the workplace is um it's something for me where i try to for all the workplaces i've been at i just try and get to know the characters even if i don't want to get to know them proper proper like i want to be friendly with them i just see okay she does certain things he does certain things so i've got to be very vigilant around them and sometimes i notice like a lot of the things will happen in the break room like at one of my previous workplaces break room loads of things were happening and I was like hmm, that's when I collected my bag that's I didn't it. go to that break room no. I said what <laughs> I said that's I went it. to a next break room and I was enjoying myself in there I said I'm not going to come in here and make them do microaggressions on me uh. while I'm trying to eat I said yeah, <laughs> I'm going from here like, I had to watch certain things mm-hmm. and I feel like as well because I'm well I look quite young to them in the workplace like they sometimes don't even realise I'm there and I'm seeing mm. what's going on. And mm. Did you say invisibility? Mm. Yeah, it is. I do sometimes feel like I'm invisible. People will be saying things in front of me. Like, even now, my workplace, redundancies are going on. People will be saying things. And I'm like, don't you know that I'm here? Like, I can actually hear what you're telling me. Like, like there's loads of madness going on. And I'm thinking, hmm. Like, I just sit there quietly, don't say nothing. And I just realise, okay, this one does this. This one teeths. This one... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, if somebody else is going to see this person teething, no, no, no. Mind your business. I don't, like, I don't. It's good to know. It's the, it's oh. good to know because like when you don't yeah. know, that's when you get caught unawares. Exactly. Yeah. And then you start doing debate with yourself like, did she mean it? Did she not? But if you've been watching her and seeing that yeah. she's actually she a very catty, others. nasty person, then you you know that when she's coming for you, you're her next prey and she's mm. trying to destroy you and you can equip yourself. <laughs> that's it. I think also like, just being confident as well. Like writing things down or just making those mental notes of things that are going on actually help you when you're coming to... That person's coming to do bad mind towards you mm. later on down mm-hmm. the line. Because if you don't write anything, 
you'll be just left there looking like, hmm, this person doesn't know what they're talking about. Yeah, and you, you, you then... Because if you try and, like, make a complaint or you have, like, um... I would say like the wrong reaction, like you have an overreaction because you just fell yes. up because there's been a catalogue of things, then because you don't have receipts, you just look mad. Yeah. Yep. Whereas if you have receipts and you can say like, for a, I get that overreaction, but there's been so many instances where you've said these type of things and it's just not acceptable, mm-hmm. then the person can be like, <gasps> yeah, okay, fair enough. But one thing I would say a lot of people do as well when they don't take notes and they, they take things for granted, not necessarily for granted, but they don't really drill down on the details because... We've been programmed to think that if someone says something or someone's picking at us, it's everything but our race. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if you're in your gut feeling, you feel that something is about your race, then possibly just kind of lean it's into that, that feeling. That, yeah, like, that. don't spend your time trying to undo and reinterpret and reinterpret and reinterpret again till you get the version of the story that's most palatable. Like, right. if, if if you heard that statement or that question and it panged you in your in your chest... And you knew what, and you know what it was. You've been black your whole life. Like, you know what time it is. Like, yes. you knew what it was. Don't spend like hours and weeks or however long it is agonizing trying to undo. And maybe it's not. And maybe it is. Like, if it's that's how you. Anxiety, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, don't make them if do that's that. how you feel, just say, you know, it is, it is what it is. People don't want to say the word racism, but it's not your problem. It's not you being racist as the other person. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with microaggressions in terms of like picking your battles. Obviously, you need to be strategic, but in the same breath, you can't be get to a position where you're not saying anything and you're smiling and like l- not laughing along, but not necessarily actively yeah. discouraging things because you, you're just like, well, you know, it is what it is. Like, try you getting that kind of very passive and kind of like, mm, at such an early... St- what is this? Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. No, anyway, I think, I think she oh. makes one final good point. There yeah. In that, um, early in my career days, I had a, a, a diversity training thing, and um, we were told, "Don't laugh along. If you don't find it funny, yeah, don't." Yeah, laugh that is along. true. Too. Like in the same way, you said, you know, stare them back, pan in their face, and ask a question that requires an answer. Like the whole. I like, like this diversity training. I want to go in it. Some people in my workplace need to go in it as well. One, or you put one together yourself. This like whole all these conversations, these things we hear. Is mm. It's true. They have a whole heap of funding for diversity. So. Take mm. it. But yeah, the for example, the oh, I bet you have four baby fathers. <laughs> no, no, don't laugh. It's just not funny. Yeah, Yeah, because then you're facilitating the conversation and that's when it becomes bants. And sometimes we do because you... It's automatic. Or it's just a reflex because you feel uncomfortable and you don't really know how to... But, um, yeah, you don't really know how to react. But, yeah, these are all important points, I think. And that's the core reason for this podcast. It's to kind of expose stuff that a lot of people have already... experienced or maybe you just come into the workplace mm-hmm. you haven't really faced these things it's yeah. about revealing these things and kind of giving you helpful tips and advice on how you can um combat these things um we're coming to the end of the podcast now so already. thank you so much for listening already yes, yes already this has been a good good episode i, I really do you know honestly, i can go for longer it's one of those topics that we could talk all day about it but um 
we have a limited amount of time. Yes, so we do. in case you missed it, this is the Black Women Working Podcast. You can catch us on Instagram and Twitter at BWW Podcast UK. Mm-hmm. You can also use those platforms to contact us um, with regards to any issues that you're having at work. Um, we will be doing episodes that um uh what's the word? We will be doing episodes where we do give advice for yeah. people going through certain situations and not just us, but hopefully we'll be able to get professionals, people who are actually in the world of dealing with these kind of things who will be able mm-hmm. to give some better tangible advice. If you're not on social media, you can also email us. It's blackwomenworkinguk at gmail.com. That's blackwomenworkinguk at gmail.com. And that's been the first episode. So... Yeah. Catch us in the next one. No, and no, we've got something to do. Oh, we've got to do our quote of the day. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah I forgot. Sorry. And appropriately, so usually maybe we might start with it or end with it, but um, the last quote on our social media was I got my start by giving myself a start, which is a quote by CJ Walker, who was the first African American female entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I think it's quite appropriate for our first podcast mm-hmm. because, yeah. you know, no one. There are loads of amazing podcasts out there that we enjoy. Yeah. But on mm-hmm. the topic of work that consumes so much of our lives, lives yeah. I don't think we have this right now. So we're making a start. Yep. So- hey. Yes, I like that. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we could. Okay, guys, till the next time. Bye. Bye.